Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 173. John and Wendy talk to Sam Jennigas. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you, John? Wendy, I am well. We are into June and it, it seems like every month, Wendy, we have a friend that has something coming out. Yeah. And this time it's Julie Turney and her new book. Yes, it's going to be so exciting. Um, I actually, I need to order mine. I'm, I feel bad I didn't get it pre-ordered. But uh, yeah, Julie has a book coming out. Actually, it's already out. It's all, Yeah, it's already out. I was going to try to pre-order it and yeah. Uh, anyway, her book is called Confessions of an HR Pro, Stories of Defeat and Triumph. And uh, I am excited that one of my stories is in there. One of the reasons I wanted to mention it is I know she, similar to us crowdsourcing th- some things, mm-hmm. I know she has relied on some of our friends. That was one of the reasons that I was yeah. excited to talk about it a bit was that I knew you were, not only were you in it, but a lot of our friends are crowdsourced, for lack of a better words. Excited for Julie. You know, Julie's done so many great things with Social Hour and with Sound Off, you know, and I know she's hung out her own shingle now. A lot of great things going on for her, and we are going to have a link in the notes to this new book, yes. Confessions of an HR Go Pro. And she's already talked about start writing another one, or maybe she's already started. She's probably already started. Knowing Julie, she's probably got it <laughs> half written already. But yeah, I I am so proud of her. I am so excited to to read her book because it is. Uh, I'm sure it's phenomenal. Uh, we had a couple of meetings with her last year, and I learned a little bit about, you know, what goes into writing a book. Um, so I'm still not there. I'm I I don't think I have a book in me. But kudos to those who do. <laughs> We're going to talk a little bit more about a book in a few minutes with tonight's guest, Wendy. I, yes, I was really excited that we were able to make this happen with Sam. Seems like she became part of our community in the last year or so, and mm-hmm. so much appreciate her jumping in with both feet and engaging in the conversations and being such a great supporter. Glad we were able to make time with her tonight. Let's make the introduction and get started. Yes. So excited to welcome Sam to the show tonight. She is an organizational development specialist and author of Recognition Rebooted. She helps companies improve performance through their people. Sam takes a systematic approach to coaching emergent leaders and helping organizations get really good at employee recognition. She has been partnering with dozens of clients through her consulting firm for the past 15 years. Well, Sam, welcome to the show. We are so pumped to have you here. Our first question, as always, what's in your glass? My favorite beverage of all, which is water. And uh, for some reason, I drink it out of quart jars. I don't know when that started, maybe because I can measure it, but it does make me happy. And if it were Friday, I'd be having my second favorite beverage, which is a margarita. Which is water-based. Water-based. Yeah. Right? To some extent. <laughs> exactly. With some water in it. Lots of ice. Lots of ice. <laughs> my assumption, Sam, is you're, are you enjoying a margarita in a quart glass, too? <laughs> Well, I sort of need a fancy glass for that. It tastes Fair better enough. that way. You know Fair what enough. it does. Say so after some after this week, who knows? We you know. <laughs> who knows? Maybe. Maybe I'll change. Oh. Well, Sam, again, we appreciate you so much being with us. And you know, we always start out. How exactly did you move into organizational development? I would love to say that it was a carefully planned, thought out process. <laughs> it was more of a zigzaggy thing. I got my undergraduate degree in technical communications, and my job after that was to write uh, technical instructions for homegrown software. It was fine, but I liked what I liked the most was teaching people how to use it, and then I love seeing people improve and learn and grow, and I loved seeing how that actually helped the organization. So then I thought, I want more of that. 
And I didn't know what organizational development was. And I think that's still true today of a lot of people. We can get into that later. Um, but I did some research and I found the field and I went back from my master's degree and I've been doing that for 20 years. Wow. Sam, as someone who works with a variety of companies, what do you see as the biggest issue your customers will be facing over the next year from a people perspective? It's a really great question. I'm so interested to hear what others say. I, I understand that there's multiple countries engaged in, in this podcast. I can speak at least for the U.S. Of course, figuring out the complexity of sustaining a remote and hybrid working is important, but that's largely the white-collar sector. Uh, while men and non-binary people have surely left the workforce since the pandemic, there's been no larger loss to the workforce than women in the past year. And this reflects all sectors. And so prior to the pandemic, women were more than 50% of the workforce. That, to me, underscores the importance of women in the economy. So millions left, and usually mothers, because of childcare or there wasn't school. And so for companies, this isn't an individual family issue. This is much bigger than that. And they would do well, I believe, to see this challenge as a systemic issue, a much broader one. So the challenge facing companies with women and all the women that have left the workforce, well, first of all, there's major brain drain uh, to the company with that. Um, Of course, replacing and all the resources that goes into that, that's a challenge alone, those implications. There's also the fear of setting women back in the progress <laughs> progress that they've made. That, to me, is curious because uh, that has implications and connects to things like, what does that mean for diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging? That topic, of course, deserves a much bigger and thoughtful discussion. The challenge, how are they going to meet that challenge of not just the implications, but then also making it easier for women to get back into the workforce under these Uh, under these kinds of conditions. I've been thinking about this for a while, this challenge, and I encourage, I I will do my part, and I encourage adjacent roles and HR to meet this challenge as a collective and also in their own organizations to influence that this is not just an HR issue, but organizational-wide and maybe, you know, many industry-wide. So it's a major challenge that deserves real thinking. Do do you think we'll see a lot of changes to maybe where work is done, the hours work work is done? Um, do you think that we have enough, enough employers ready for that? I hope so. I hope so. Uh, I, do, I do think so because change doesn't always happen from the top. It can, you know, there's nothing like a grassroots movement or a mass of people to make change happen. And uh, I hope so. I think we need to get really creative and we may probably need to involve schools and childcare centers and everyone because I think right now, let's remember this, that women are largely raising, responsible for raising the next generation, which benefits all of us. So when I say systemic, it's, it's to everyone's benefit that we have another generation coming coming in, right? And so how, how can we all support that? How can we all work together to make this very complex um, situation? How can we get creative around that? So I do think so. I have to brag on one of our local manufacturers. A friend of mine works there. They have, um, they're allowing people to set their own schedules. So they can come in and manufacture whenever. So she gave the example. She has... Uh, a woman who comes in from 5 to 7, 5 a.m. to 7 a.m., 
Um, then she goes home, takes care of her kids, gets them up ready for the day if they're going to school or whatever. So does that for about two hours. And then she goes back to the office or back to the manufacturing floor. So it's manufacturing. It's not even like an office. Fascinating. It's a manufacturing floor. Right. Where they've been able to figure this out. Um, so people can come in and set their own schedule so that if they only want to work 32 hours a week, they figure out when they're going to have them. And so I think this is an, you know, it, it's such a great example of just being creative. And do you have to have, you know, think about, does everyone have to start at the same time or end at the same time? So um, I hope you're right. I hope more people are, are open to that. <laughs> That's where the success is going to be. Right, right. It, it is. It is. That's a great story. And it seems really unusual. I love to hear it. Sam, we're going to tease a little bit here because you're, we don't typically talk about the chats in advance. However, you're going to be co-hosting one of our chats in July. And, and you've mentioned the, the term a little earlier. We're going to be talking about being HR adjacent. You spent a lot of time with companies, leaders, and with HR departments and HR people. You know, what insights can you share to help those that aren't necessarily in the HR department, you know, how do you better engage with your peers in that group and, and try to help solve those people issues? Well, that's great. Uh, yes, I'm and very excited for the chat because I, I, I'm interested to learn from the other groups as well. OD, organizational development, affectionately known as OD, does partner with HR routinely, yet, you know, I might have a sponsor. My sponsors might be the CEO, not necessarily HR. Um, yet HR is always critical in the equation uh, and is always involved. So OD, adjacent roles. One of the first things that well, what's worked for me is that I, first of all, describe my role to HR and other people around me. So let's face it, organizational development has a PR issue. Most people don't know what it is. Even organizational development people have a hard time describing that. And even and HR people as well, if you haven't worked with someone. So let me, let me set the record straight right now. Organizational development means that you improve organizational performance through the people. So you use that people, which is different than organizational design, which is a formal process of integrating people, information, and technology. So describe my role, make it really clear of what I can do and how I can complement, advocate and support. So clarify where we can intersect and really partner together. Also, the other thing uh, that has worked is I'm not a fan of work surprises. A lot of people really aren't. So I make sure I'm not when I'm working with clients, I'm not surprising HR. So if I'm in their workspace or if I'm at their company, I share with what I'm working on and bring bring HR into that process too. We always learn from that. And then finally, I make it a habit to make sure that HR and adjacent roles get something from every conversation that we have. I always want to feel like they never say, I want those five minutes back. I always want to feel that they took something away. They learned something from that, whether that's the first meeting uh, that, uh, that I ever have with someone, a, a sales meeting or routine meetings. So I might share the latest tool or something I learned on Twitter or um, a new acronym that people are using or if there's something outdated. I want to show that value immediately and um, share that. So those are some of the things that have worked for me working with HR. Sam, you wrote a book called Recognition Rebooted. What's the elevator pitch and what did you learn during the writing process? Yeah, uh, I learned a lot. Uh, well, the elevator for per, uh, the elevator pitch. First, recognition rebooted gets underneath the outdated and common employee recognition practices. 
that can actually be demotivating rather than inspiring. So it's sort of what to stop doing, what to start doing. The second thing is it upskills people who have the most influence over employees' jobs, which are who? The managers. So this book upskills them and it it provides a really easy tool to help managers get really good at this um, so that their employees give their full effort and stay with them. That's the ultimate goal of recognition, the goal that's gone missing. And then finally, uh, a uh, recognition rebooted positions HR as facilitators of recognition rather than owning as part of their goals. HR people tend to love that. <laughs> it's always why they're goals. So, and something that I learned in this process, uh, and this may largely be an American issue. I'm not sure. I'd be love to hear from others. I had to get over the fact that it's an indulgence to write a book. I had so many things I was responsible for. I had a business to run, clients to, who, you know, who deserved my best, three teenagers to focus on, all kinds of good reasons not to write. So once I started putting that on the calendar, I honored that time and it became sacred for me. But it was super annoying <laughs> to have that feel like an indulgence uh, rather than real work. And it is real work. And that was a huge learning. I'm happy to say I'm over that. But it was a huge learning for me to get over that indulgence. Since you've got over that indulgence, do you have plans for another in the future? Uh, maybe a novel. You know, I've always wanted to write the great American novel, but I don't have any plans for it right now. <laughs> always in the back of my mind. We've talked about being HR adjacent. We've talked about books and, and we've talked about crowdsourcing a couple times. And, and of course, we've started doing that this year with some of our own questions Greg Hawks asks, how could audience members help make a virtual conference better? Great question, Greg. And what a win-win to crowdsource. I like that a lot. We want to get the most from conferences. So when I'm at conferences, we all want to get the most. And to me, that happens when everyone participates. So I really like that. So I think what audiences can do is fully participate for one. And if you can possibly put your phone away, that's, that's great. Ask a fabulous question, whether it's in the chat or out loud, that everyone can learn from, that makes people think. And um, track some takeaways and put them in the chat and start something. Hey, I learned these three things, uh, you know, halfway through. I'm learning this. What are you learning? Get that going so that we're kind of that. Oh, we always core to who I am is that systemic approach, right? How can we make sure everybody's getting the most from this rather than this, uh, rather than just in front of us? How can we help that speaker maximize the things that they're talking about? And there's so I like audience participation. I really think there is a responsibility of the audience uh, to get the most from it. I love that. What has your experience been? We've presented and we've attended in the last year and year and change. What has your experience been like as far as the shift to virtual? Positive, over it, hope to keep doing it. <laughs> harder, harder. It's harder. Um, I've had to think differently. I've had to think deeper. I've had to ask differently. I've had to insert myself far more than I have before. My model as a consultant is I would have an anchor event. Maybe I help someone with onboarding or maybe I was delivering survey results to a company. So I'd have that anchor thing, but I'd always schedule a couple of more days because when I got to the client, they would utilize me because I'm there in front of their faces. And so then we'd always find good work to do while I'm there to help solve a problem or work with a coaching situation or some something like that, or maybe some kind of a change management. So 
now I don't do that. Now I'm not in front of their faces. There isn't that spontaneous work for me, but also for them. I, I, they're, they're not benefiting either. And so you can't really schedule those kinds of meetings. So I've had to get creative with way that, ways that I insert myself, you know, schedule some routine meetings, ask a few key questions to start sparking things, whatever I can to make it easy for the client to help me support them. So it's been harder. Sam, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, which is the half hour question connection. What career did you dream of having when you were a child? I just, I just love this. I love all of your questions. I keep saying that I love the question. Well, I will tell you this confession. Uh, when I was about four years old, my sister blindsided me by telling me that in fact it was impossible to become a dolphin when I grew up. So I, I had to change my career aspirations. Aww. So since I know, uh, since then I always wanted to be an author, and um, but I still think a dolphin would be way cooler. I would agree. <laughs> a dolphin would be much cooler. <laughs> I think it's oh fair God. to say, Sam, that's the first time that I'm pretty sure. Dolphin yeah, has come up on this show. I think, Wendy, I think it's fair to say. I want to say we had a dinosaur or something once. Somebody wanted to be some type of animal, I think. Yeah. 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 First that shocks me. Who's one person you've gained your network in the last year that you think more people should know? Katrina Kibben. By the way, I loved your podcast with them. Uh, recently, I've written one job post in my life because of the nature of my role and Katrina's expertise is in job posting. That's how compelling uh, their work is. I've learned a lot about the impact of an effective job post and that systemic approach again that, uh, that they take. Uh, so I'm really grateful. I'm going to add one more Krishna Priya on top of all things HR, fabulous coach, fabulous blog, follow, follow both. Sam, how do you maintain balance? It's so important, I, and I'm glad you asked this. I grew up on a farm with eight children in the family, and we largely grew our own food. And uh, so food is has become my love language. And so my mom taught me how to cook for 10 of us by the time I was 11 years old. So I love to cook. I love to talk about food. I love to eat food. I love to read about food. So when I'm cooking, I'm at peace. Love it. Sam, how do you enjoy giving back to the HROD community? I am super proud of a program through my local Minnesota Organizational Development Association, and it's a community consulting program. And what we, I'm on the core team, and what we do is match up organizational development consultants with nonprofit clients who could not who couldn't otherwise afford it for pro bono organizational development work so local local nonprofits so we've done strategic planning change management people strategy coaching those kinds of things for companies that can't afford it and so they're usually like three month projects and so we match those up and we've done some the teams who we've matched up have done some really great work and I'm super proud of being part of that I'm going to ask because you said earlier we don't all, we don't necessarily know a lot about some of the HR adjacent things, as I told you, the few people I've known in OD came out of HR proper and then kind of said when the going gets tough or jobs get cut, OD seems to go first. You, you mentioned the, the trade group you're part of. What is that structure? Like, I mean, I, we we're, you know, we obviously know Sherm. Is there one OD comparable or what, what is that like? It's OD network. Uh, 
I would say they don't behave comparably in terms of I, the OD network. It's pretty academic. I mean, in OD, you can really geek out academically if you want, um, but not totally. And then there's some, then similar. There's local chapters then. So mine is the Minnesota Organization Development Chapter. Uh, one of the first ones in the country, actually, to start. Uh, so it's really strong. Sam, what is your favorite movie? I love Dan in real life. It's very soothing. I probably have seen it eight, ten times. How about the first concert you remember attending? Well, being from Minnesota, I'd love to say it's Prince. But unfortunately, it's Huey Lewis. Well, not unfortunately. I loved it. Huey Lewis and the News. Oh. <laughs> I saw my first concert was Huey Lewis and the News at the Minnesota State Fair. So I was beyond nice. excited to go to that. Yeah, not that I, think, I think that's the first Huey that we've gotten. I think so. You're welcome. I actually, um, <laughs> when I was pregnant with my oldest, we saw Huey Lewis in the news at a uh, after hours concert series down in Richmond. I don't remember where it was, John, but Innsbruck. We in Richmond. Yeah, we went to Innsbruck, Innsbruck after hours. Yep. Saw saw Huey Lewis in the news, and that was right as he was teetering. You're like, oh, you're you're not quite hitting those notes anymore, Huey. <laughs> you you know why he can't hit a lot of notes, though, right? He, he's, he's deaf. Yeah. He's lost. He's lost all lost hearing. hearing. So he can't. He's not performing anymore. Yeah. He, yeah. It's in and out. Really? He, he he lost. He had I lost hearing that. in one ear years ago, and then the other one is gone, and so he doesn't even try to perform. They yeah. put out oh. a new album uh, of basically wow. stuff they spliced together last year, and oh. it. But it was stuff that they had been working on for like ten years. Yeah, and sadly, he uh, actually heard him interviewed on a podcast where he. He doesn't talk a lot about it, but he kind of said, yeah, he said, in my best days, I may have 80% in the one ear, but by the time we start trying to do anything, it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Mm, unfortunately. Too bad. Right. I mean, the people who perform, that's their life and their identity. Sam, what was the last show you binge watched? Uh, Psych. You know, I'm late to the party. It is pure brain candy. So Psych was the first show that we watched as a family. Like with the kids and oh, great fact, one. going to the comic book shows, one of the guys that sold shirts had a pineapple and it said, come on, son. So both my kids had come on, son, shirts at one point. Yeah, they're big fans of that show. Oh, perfect. Perfect. It's just good. Yeah. Yeah. When when Mare of Easttown gets too heavy, then I turn to psych. <laughs> Love it. Sam, what's a hobby or a thing you really like to do that may surprise people? Uh, I like all things coal i like all activities cold i love cross-country skiing snowshoeing and the the probably the bigger surprise is i love swimming in lake superior it's super cold i can only stand it for a short amount of time unless it's probably end of august and the sun's been out but it is always refreshing to if i can brave it and jump in and stay for a good 10 minutes it is one of my favorite things so you don't do polar bear club <laughs> anything like that no. i don't no no i don't august is cold enough <laughs> i i I watch people do it, and I'm tempted to do it. We do it every year. I live in uh, a town here on the lake, and or near the lake, and they do it every year. And without, no matter the temperature, I mean, honestly, it's it's uh, admiration. Yes, pure admiration. Uh, Well, Sam, finally, um, as as you got to ask answer the question from Greg Hawks. Um, you get to do the same. So if you could ask the next guest of the podcast any question, what would it be? Well, first of all, who is your next guest? No, no. <laughs> well, we're not telling. We, don't, one. we won't say. 
No, I'm I'm joking. I, I was depending how 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 we should make this question depending on your guest. I would love to know from everyone in the universe, but I'd love for you love for you to ask this question. Uh, tell us about your favorite mistake. Why is it your favorite? Very good question. I love it, and I'm glad I don't have to answer it. <laughs> Well, Sam, it is now in the book. It will be brought up soon. I cannot, again, thank you enough for for taking part in this, for being part of our community and helping shed some light on these HR-adjacent roles that are out there and and OD in particular. Thank you for clarifying some things for me tonight. I, I certainly appreciate that. And I know we'll get a chance to do some more of that during the chat in July. Hint, hint. So make sure, make sure you're there, everybody. I'm going to assume that many of our listeners probably already connected with you, but if they are not, best way for them to reach you to get the book, everything they need to know. Thank you. Uh, my website is great. It's got everything there. It's got all my my Instagram, my my social media, my LinkedIn is on my website, which is samjenigas.com. We will have that in the show notes. And then, Wendy, how about you? Best way for listeners to find you out there. Uh, best way is on my blog, mydailyjourney.com, daily D is in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And of course, the second and fourth Sunday of each month, you will find me on Twitter at 7 p.m. Eastern time as part of our twice monthly Twitter chat. How about you, John? JohnThurman.com for all things John Thurman. And for the show, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Listen, review, share, follow, whatever platform you're on, follow us there. We always appreciate that. International listeners, you know the deal. We want to talk. Yes. And again, we are absolutely blown away at the international response over the last several months. Cannot thank you enough for that and for being part of our community. And Sam will hopefully tell you it's fairly painless. We'd love to have you as part of it to, to show you that and, and yeah. to talk about OD or whatever you may do. Mm-hmm. We, we'd love to do that. Sam, again, appreciate you being with us. So for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect. Give back and... Network. Network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon.